All right, so I see there's some follow-up, and it sounds like the topic here is browbeating Casey. So you want to tell me about this? No, the topic is, as it was always, hashtag Mike was right. Oh, God. I did not even realize I was setting you up for that. Can we start the show over? I, no. I can't start like this. I feel like you're trolling me at the start of the show now. Nope. This is it. Um, <sighs> it's mainly just to say that I've been getting lots of messages all week for people that have started listening to The Adventure Zone, my recommendation, and mm-hmm. are hooked. So, mm-hmm. dear listener, if you have yet to believe me, you can believe all of your fellow listeners and start listening to The Adventure Zone because it's incredible. And I was really concerned. Like I was, I've, I've been a bit on edge because the the campaign is done and they're getting ready to start a new one. Well, they're getting ready to start some like experimental games and until they pick whatever it is is the big thing that they want to do next. And as a as a diehard fan of that particular show, the way it was, you know, when anything changes, it's always like, oh, I don't know, like what's it going to be like. But even though they only just did one episode where they're talking about the rules for the next game and setting up their characters, their characters sound so awesome that I remain to be eternally excited. The fact that I listened for 90 minutes and I'm just talking about the rules of the next game and thoroughly enjoyed it means I have nothing to worry about. I'd say that's true. So was this like a the grand tour moment for you? I'm asking, honestly, I'm not trying to snark, like because it's all the same people, but like a slightly different format. And you, you feel like it should be good, but maybe like the grand tour, it won't end up being very good. And so it's kind of scary, but kind of exciting. Would you say it's a very well, similar experience? For yeah, you? that's kind of where the nerves are coming from. And I get like, they haven't actually started the game yet. So who knows what it's going to be like, right? Like um, instead of Griffin being the dungeon master, it's their dad, Clint. Oh, so okay. he's great in the story this time. So will it be better? Will it be worse? Who knows? But he has actually written comic books in the past, so um, I'm pretty sure he knows what he's doing. So yeah, I'm 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 very <laughs> enthused to continue listening. Did I did I tell you that I'm going to see the Adventure Zone as part of PodCon? I believe you did. I don't know if that was on the air or not, though. Yeah, it is a it's a separate event that I was able to get tickets for. Me and Adina were out at a, a re- one of our favorite restaurants in London. Um, it's a quite it's a relatively fancy place, and the tickets were going on sale for it then because they're actually not doing the Adventure Zone as part of PodCon. It is a separate event, which is actually happening in Tacoma, Washington. Very I haven't yet okay. worked out how I'm going to get from Seattle to Tacoma. I don't drive. Um, I'm sure there's there will be a way. Just as of right now, I don't know what that way is. I haven't sat and worked it out yet. Um, but yeah, I, I we I was able to buy tickets uh, whilst frantically refreshing a, a theater's website and got it and then set it all up and I'm going and I can't wait and it's going to be so amazing because they play the old characters in the in the live shows. So I don't have my phone nearby because hashtag Apple Watches LTE and beyond that um, I'm recording right now so I don't need my phone. So I can't look up on Lyft how much this would cost, but apparently this is a roughly hour-long drive, mm-hmm. I'm assuming in the best of conditions. I know nothing about Washington State. I've never been there. Yeah, it's, so, a, big, it's a big old drive. Right. So would you be willing to pay the like couple hundred dollars each way on a like, Lyft or something that like much. that? It wouldn't cost that much. Would it, but okay. yeah, I have no idea. It An hour-long like, ride-sharing service is not that much. Like, It might be close to 800 
Okay. Right. But either way, my point is like you would pay, would you pay $100 each way if, if push came to shove in order to see this? Yeah, because I'm never going to get to see it. That's fair. Right. Like this no is, argument. this is like my one and only opportunity to see this. Like they're never going to come to London right, for right. this. So like if I want to do this, then this is what I got to do. Hmm. Right. And so, th- and you said Adina will be there with you or no? No, it's, it's, well, I have two tickets. Um, I have a friend that I think might want the other ticket, but we just haven't confirmed it yet. And then they they may be able to get some. I don't know. They may they may have a driving license and they may rent a car, or they may just have a better way of making this. Who knows? Like I'm not sure yet. But mm. um, there is probably a public transport option, but it will probably be relatively late at night when i'm leaving so i'd probably would get a lift if it's possible back from there like this is one of those things where i'm kind of just like in my mind like i'm gonna do it i'll just work it out right like it's like this is something that i'm doing i'll just find a way to make it work right cool well that's very exciting uh i hope it i hope the travel piece works out for you worst case just uh rent a helicopter don't as a matter of fact why don't you have matt alexander fly one from the volcano you're crossing the streams, Casey. Sorry. <laughs> so uh, I have to confess. I have a confession to make. Mm-hmm. I've never really been a fan of the ask upgrade lasers. I'm sorry. I'm not. Okay. I just don't. I don't. I don't care for it. Okay. You like the segment enough, though, right? Oh, I, I, I do. I do. I mean, yeah. Well, because you stole it, so. Oh, stop it! Look, you can't. You can't walk into something like this and not expect me to say something. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, all of that being said, da, 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 da. okay, wedding update time. Unacceptable. The lasers are no? so, like, the lasers are just so simple. Uh, but you're really, you know, you're really trying it there. You need, you need Aww. like, some, you need a sound, not a song. You need a sound. The song's too long. Oh, come yeah. on. Maybe you could make a bell sound or something like that, like a wedding bell type sound or. I don't know. I'll, I'll figure something out. I'll, I'll workshop it and get back to you. So you want a wedding update? Yes, please. I think is what you're looking for here. Yes, please. We are still collating our RSVPs right now. Um, we've gotten pretty good success so far. Um, and uh, as it stands, we've had less people uh, with needing to bring children than we ex- than we had expected. So that's good. Like there were some people that. who I was very sure would definitely have to bring children. And it turns out that they're not. Um, there's no point in you apologizing to me yet because I've yet to get a firm answer from you any or which way. So, oh, well, slow down, though. I definitely gave you an RSVP, which said all four of us are coming. It's just we don't know what this forthcoming child will be like. Mm-hmm. And so we'll have to play it a little bit by ear. Slowly. Well, yeah, but that's why it's not a firm answer, because right now I'm counting you for four. But it could be one. It could be none. It could be nine. Nobody knows. Right. <laughs> I hope it's not. You nine. may need to bring an entourage to help you. Listeners, just if you general. would like to be part of my entourage. <laughs> Don't start handing out invites to my wedding, Casey. Uh, if you just if you said I have nine to deal with, I will auction them off for charity. Okay, don't don't do that. Don't start <laughs> saying stuff like charity because you're going to start like you're going to make it look like you're guilting me into this situation. This is not this hey, is buddy. not fair. Um, we're working on accommodation recommendations. 
because mm-hmm. we want to make sure that we have lots of options for people. And uh, mm-hmm. this is all going to have to go on our website that we're going to have to build because people are going to start needing that information soon. No one's asked me for any of this information yet, though, so I figure that's pretty good. Nobody's nobody's bugged me to be like, oh, hey, we really need to book a hotel now. I figured really like the hotel stuff could come later, but the flights would need to be first. So people know the dates. They know when it is. They know if they've been invited. Mostly we haven't right. sent out RSVPs to everybody yet because we're kind of trying to do it in waves based upon family and children or like the the primary things that we needed to like get settled like make sure all the family are definitely coming make sure that we know who we think are going to need to children need to bring children are they going to have to bring children because then that informs the rest of the guest list right so sure um and so we're moving through it from there and I guess the other thing, I guess the other main thing on my mind right now is our invitations. So our planner is talking to some designers to get some proposals um, f- from a visual perspective and price perspective. And then once the design is agreed, I am going to take over at this point because I want to get them printed the way I want them printed because we're going to be doing our paper invitations. You have opinions about paper products? Casey, I have a paper guy. <laughs> I know you do. I don't know if we talked about this on the show or not, but I am aware of this. I don't know if the listeners are, but I was aware of this. Yeah. Very good friend of mine works for a fantastic uh, London-based paper company, and um, we're going to work together on getting the invitations made. This is this is the thing that I care about. Like I want to do this, um, so we're going to do it. We're going to work on it together. Sure. This is my thing. It is It is indisputably your thing. Right. Are you going to give out pens as wedding favors? I actually think wedding favors are kind of a silly thing. I don't even know if they even do it anymore. But are you going to give out like special pens as your wedding favor? We have ideas. Oh, we have Lord. ideas. This is the sort of stuff that you're not going to get in wedding update, right? Because like wedding spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I already know that it's going to be in Wembley on New Year's. We had our engagement photos come back. Ah, yes, you did. I, th- I think that, that we didn't talk about that on the show. I don't think we'd had them come we back. We did not. Yeah, and uh, I posted one of them to Instagram. It was probably my favorite one of them. Yep, it was quite good. And then you were nice enough to share at least a subset of the rest of them with me, and they all looked beautiful. Uh, yeah, I think we went through and like I created a gallery of Oh no! I actually think with you, I sent you all of them. But like we end, we ended up going through and creating a gallery of what we do and don't like, and we've kept those. If I did, I share a Dropbox folder with you. I believe that's what it was. Yeah, yes. then that was our kind of like we whittled it down to to just the yeah. ones that we liked. Yep. Now they all look great. They really did. Yeah. So I'm gonna put I'll put a link in the show notes in case you haven't seen the Instagram photo, so you can go and see that. That. I think that this picture does a really good job of, of of just summing up our relationship. Like, it's why it's such a great, great picture. So, um, it has it is uh, my most liked photo on Instagram now. Oh, one thousand one hundred twenty-one likes. My mm-hmm. word! Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever gotten more than a couple of hundred. No, oh, the at least one of the baby ones must have. Because my previous most know, liked man. photo was the picture of our. Uh, of, of the engagement ring, right? So it's like, mm, you know, mm-hmm. it's life events. That's what people, that's what people like to like. 
Yeah, I hear you. I mean, I I hover. Uh, oh, not so I have. Brag. You know, I, I have significantly more Instagram followers than you. It's like. Speaking of not so humble brands. You don't even want to. You don't even want to look at the comparison. It's, oh, you have like several thousand, right? Because I have like a couple of thousand. You have three. You have three thousand. Uh huh. So I keep looking at these videos as I'm hovering through on the computer. I'm hovering through all my, my like my Instagram feed, and I look and I see like huge numbers, like one thousand or nine hundred. I'm like, oh man, I didn't realize that had that much. Oh, it's that. That's how many plays it has. Video Never views, mind. yeah, the video. <laughs> yeah, yeah, views. yeah. I don't know why they do that. Like no one cares about video views. Like why do they I do know. that? It looks like uh, two hundred and. 20 240 somewhere in that neck of the woods I'll, I'll keep kind of meandering through but somewhere in that neck of the woods is the most that i've seen going back about a year yeah i don't have i don't have i think i have just a very very small handful of instances where it's reached into quadruple digits i don't think i've ever had one of those but it tends to be big life events pictures mm-hmm. of federico, federico do pretty good for me if I have any well, picture of me and Federico, man. yeah, like they do, they do pretty well. They do pretty well. Like WWDC with Federico, like eight hundred and fifty-eight. Like people, people mm-hmm. like to see Italians. Basically, people like to see me with various Europeans. That tends to be the way <laughs> that that I can really kind of get get my get my brand extended there. Nice. Oh my my word! So. Uh, yeah, so you have the engagement photos. So, what mm-hmm. are you? What are, are the engagement photos just for uh, keepsakes for yourselves? Are you going to be leveraging them somewhere? Is that a spoiler that I'm accidentally asking for? We'll probably share a few more of them at some point, um, maybe as we kind of lead up to the big day. But we are going to be using them um, on our wedding website, right? So, like the the, mm-hmm. the website that we we're building for guests, we will use imagery uh, for that, right? So, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, I, I actually probably, I mean, I was just about to explain uh, a little bit about our wedding website, which mm-hmm. probably means it's like a really good time to just roll this right into a break. I think we should. Because my wedding website is built on Squarespace, and I was just about to start explaining something about my Squarespace template. So I figure I should maybe, <laughs> rather than do that now, I may as well just like put that right in the middle of the ad. What do you think? I think that's a, I think that's a very wise choice. That's hashtag brand synergy. This episode of Analog is brought to you by Squarespace. You can enter the offer code FEELS at checkout and you'll get 10% of your first purchase. Make your next move with Squarespace. If you want to create an online store, a portfolio, a blog, or even a site for your wedding... You can do that with Squarespace. They are the only one platform that will let you do just that. I was just talking about the pictures. So we have all these templates, right? So you can pick from the templates. They have like specific templates for weddings, which are really good because they have all the page structure that you're going to need, right? So you can get like RSVP page. You can get the... um, just the home page you get like the accommodation page the registry page like it's got all the pages and then you can just go in and change the information that you need you can blow all this away and start fresh but it was useful for us in knowing exactly what we needed to put there but a lot of these uh, basically all of the wedding templates are quite heavy on imagery which makes sense people want to see pictures of you when they go to your wedding website. Mm-hmm. So one of the reasons we did the engagement photos is so we would have the imagery to put on the Squarespace website. 
So that's great. One uh, somebody asked in the chat room, man, this this ad is like really crossing. We're like, this is this is integrated. This is an integrated. Yeah. <laughs> asked about like if the website was password protected. This is another reason I went with Squarespace. I just wanted to put a password on it. It's just for our attendees, and you could do that. They also make it really easy to make sure that it's just all nice and taken care of, right? So you just don't have to worry about all that stuff. You can just enable a password, and it's done. Very, very happy with that. Squarespace have award-winning 24-7 customer support. There's nothing to install with Squarespace, no patches to worry about, no upgrades needed. They're an all-in-one platform that's got all of that stuff covered. They have domains if you want them. Uh, the templates are all award-winning. They're fantastic. You can sign up right now and try it out for free. No credit card required. Just go to squarespace.com, and their plans start at just $12 a month once you decide to sign up. Make sure you use the offer code FEELS at checkout, F-E-E-L-S, and you'll get 10% of your first purchase and show your support for Analog. I'd like to thank Squarespace for their continued support of Relay FM. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. I, I practice what I preach. <laughs> you certainly do. When we were building our wedding website, when we were getting married, um, I don't know if Squarespace was a thing in 2007, but uh, it I was. certainly didn't know. Okay, well, Probably. I certainly didn't know mm. about it. <laughs> Probably. I didn't know about it at the time. It might not have been, actually. Yeah, who knows? So I, I built it all uh, from scratch. It ran out of a server sitting in my house, which was an old ThinkPad, coincidentally. And at the time, I'd never really done web development before. I'd done plenty. I mean, I was a professional developer at this point, but I'd never done web development. And so... Uh, I was teaching myself all sorts of things like jQuery and SQL and, and PHP, which was the first language I turned to, to to write all this stuff. And we needed some imagery for our RSVP page. And what we ended up doing was taking, because we were dead broke at the time. And so we had uh, like Aaron's dad or something like that, take a picture of us in his kitchen. And it was just a nice posed picture of the two of us. And, then we had him take two more pictures, one of us with like really excited with our thumbs up and one of us looking really sad with like tissues and, and you know, crying or whatever. And so what happened was as you went through the RSVP form, if you said, yes, you were going to go to the wedding. <laughs> I was like, why are you crying? That's yeah, very it would show it would show the like the, us doing thumbs up image. And then if you uh, decided you weren't going to the wedding, it would change the image to the us crying image, which mm -hmm. I was very proud of, especially because at the time I had no idea what I was doing. So, yeah, I'm not, and I, you could do that with Squarespace, actually, because you can add your own uh, JavaScript to Squarespace. So it could be done. Well, you can also have it direct out to certain pages. But, but you know, that, that as great a story as that was, and that was genius, that really wasn't the end to that story that I was hoping for. <laughs> what were you hoping for? I thought that the end was going to be, and because I didn't know what I was doing, I got the images <laughs> the wrong way around. <laughs> that would have been really funny. Oh, you're coming. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. All right, so real-time follow-up. I have quickly scanned through my entire Instagram history, and the post that I have made that has the most likes is actually somewhat surprising because it is a post that means quite a bit uh, quite a good deal to me but in and of itself i i thought the pictures were were very good but not like the best post i've ever made to instagram good and the the post is um it's declan and i washing my car this was maybe a year ago or thereabouts and um and it was well so let's see it was april 10th so i guess it was this year actually um and so anyway so it was him washing the car with me and 
to me, this will always be significant uh, because of what I said in the, in the comment, which I'll read. And it says, washing the cars with Declan without hyperbole for a flash, I couldn't help but wonder if this is the happiest I'll ever be. And I really, at the time, felt that. Like, this is the sort of thing that I dreamed about for years, was like taking my kid, son or daughter, doesn't matter, and just spending some time washing the car with him or her. And, oh, my God, I was so happy that day. And Aaron took some really lovely pictures of the two of us, and uh, I put them on Instagram. That got 248 likes. That is my most liked on Instagram ever. So, like, you know, I'm going to say a series of words that will make, like, the majority of our audience just vomit. Um, Okay. This is perfect for your personal brand, though. Right, like yeah, there are so true. many things happening in this picture, which would be like someone follows Casey Liss, will they favor it? Right, so someone, someone that mm-hmm. follows Casey Liss, like the the absolute. Uh, if you look at all the Venn diagrams, right, <laughs> feelings, cars, yep. Apple. That is every because Declan is wearing an Apple T-shirt, right? Like yep. you have given, like you you are like you've put a a golf ball in the tee. Right for people, you you have teed them up. All they need to do is just hit that like button, and off it flies to the green. Right, like yep. it, this is the perfect thing to to do. Right, like you 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 really like you you got those people right in the in the in the, in the pocket there. Like it was, yeah, yeah, very 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 nicely done. And for good reason. I already see when I click this link. There's a little red heart from me there, meaning I'd already liked it. And you said nice shirt. And in retrospect, I don't know if you're referring to Declan's Apple shirt or me in the final shot of the three shots wearing a Relay FM shirt. I 100% meant Declan's shirt because I don't think I'd ever seen these other images before. Like, I figured it was one (laughs) picture. But yeah, yeah, look at you wearing a Relay FM shirt. Nice shirt. How about that? And I have a bit of a beard, which actually beard update. I am. Yeah, see, I would have definitely said nice beard. Yeah, well, and actually, coincidentally, I shaved my neck a few days ago, but d- did not shave my face. So I'm going into winter beard season, I think. I don't know why you do this to me. What? I'm ser- I'm not trolling right now. No, I might I know. troll later, but I'm not trolling right now. Oops, I just accidentally liked my own picture. <laughs> my bad. No, that's good. You got to get the extra one in there. <laughs> oh, man, we've gone right off the rails. What but were we actually talking about? The thing is, though, with the beard update. You know, that, that whole thing, I think, was one of the contributing factors to having Marco grow his beard. Now Marco has, has a new Twitter avatar, which is a, a monumental thing for Marco. I think for as long as, maybe as long as I've ever known him, he's had the one, the one picture. Uh, <laughs> now he has a picture of him with a beard on it, so I feel like it's cemented now. Mm. Yeah, that's true. That is, that is definitely a beard update. Anyway, what else is going on? Do you have any any baby update? Everybody happy and healthy? Is the nursery all set up? What is your oh, yeah, right. state right now? Mm-hmm. So I don't remember exactly where we were last we spoke, but uh, everyone is happy and healthy. Um, Aaron is definitely uncomfortable, and it that comes from having you know an ever growing ball on your belly. I'd say right now, you know she she looks like she has I don't know maybe like a uh, uh, like dodgeball or basketball or something like that. Eventually it'll get even bigger than that. Of course. Um, she is roughly, uh, she's soon to be entering her third trimester. So she's at like 27 ish weeks out of 40. Um, so, uh, she is uncomfortable, but mostly fine. Uh, the nursery. So if you recall the nursery that was my office up until a couple of months ago or a month ago, and the guest room is now serving double duties as guest room slash office. And the guest room needed to get painted, and then all the furniture needed to get moved into there. That is all done. 
the nursery needed to get painted. That is done. And we just today ordered the nursery furniture. Uh, some of that is here. Some of it is not. So that's got to get built and, you know, and moved upstairs and whatnot. But outside of the nursery furniture arriving and being built and then a mattress for the crib, most of the major stuff, like the major, major, major stuff is taken care of. Most of, not all. Aaron will eventually listen to this and, and correct me and tell me that there's 3,007 things that we haven't done yet. For example, we haven't gotten a breast pump for yet, uh, which is something that you kind of have to do when you're, when you have a newborn, which Seems I can explain important. to you if you're interested. But um, anyway, so there's plenty of things left to be done. Don't get me wrong. But we have most almost entirely because of Aaron, we have moved quickly from, oh my God, it is impossible to, to get it all done to no, I, we're, we're, we're okay. We're, we're still cutting it closer than two type A people would like to cut it, but all told we, we are okay. So things are, things are progressing. Cause the thing is you did it already, right? Like, so like, you know, mm. you can do it. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's scary, and we don't know we can do it with two, but we know we can do it, so we'll figure it out, right? Something like that. Yeah, you you got this. Don't worry, you got this. So, whilst we're recording this today, uh, which is um, October 10th, 2017, is, I think it's World Mental Health Awareness Day. And mm-hmm. I wanted to touch on this a little bit because it feels like it, it falls within our remit. And just because, I mean, I very rarely find myself uh, desiring to jump on board a hashtag train. <laughs> but I saw a few people um, tweeting today uh, with the the World Mental Health Awareness, the, the Mental Health Awareness Day hashtag. And I figured that I have felt well, I was reading what people were saying, and I felt like I had something to say. So I'll read two tweets to you, Casey. So I said I mm-hmm. went through some bad times when I was trying to quit my day job. Never be afraid to speak to a professional. A trained professional can help you see things about yourself that you cannot see. It can be a comforting experience. So I figured I would maybe just, considering this is the place for that, just expand upon this a little bit today and just talk about yes, what was going on in my life. So. Over two uh, different occasions in my life, I have uh, sought help from a mental health professional. So when I was working um, at the bank, I kind of went through two bad times, and they were a mix of two things, a relationship and a work state. And basically, two relationships broke down, um, and work was terrible, and the those two things coming together at the same time being work was always terrible because it wasn't what I wanted to do for a living. Um, and relationship problems put me at uh, low points, right? You know, they're like two of the worst things that can happen to a person. You feel like you're not getting anywhere. You're not achieving your dreams and your relationship just ended, right? Like they can be, they can be two pretty bad things. And especially because mm-hmm. one, uh, didn't help the other in the first place, that kind of thing. So, right. So the company that I worked for, the bank that I worked for during these periods of time, and I should say probably um, because I don't remember the exact time frame of this, I would say that one of these was probably like um, six or seven years ago 
and then the other was two years after that, right? So it was probably like six or seven years ago and five and four years ago, something like that, right? So these these two instances were probably somewhere between one to two years apart. Um, I don't remember the exact time frame. I remember where I was and what I was doing, but I don't remember exactly when they were, right? Um, one was so one of these was just before I got my job in marketing, moving out of retail banking, and then one was about halfway through my my period of working in marketing um, for the bank. So the company that I worked for had a program in which they could provide you phone counseling with a professional. Um, mm-hmm. I I don't know what the, the correct term is for the person. Right, like I don't know if they were a therapist, a psychologist, a, a counselor. Sure, like, sure. I, I don't know what they were, um, but I just know that I could have structured telephone conversations with the same person on my own schedule for a period of time for free. And there was, say, it was maybe eight sessions I could have for free, and then I would need to either pay for them or they could refer me to uh, my GP or to a private health cover cover program. And I believe that the private health cover that I had through the company would cover this. So they could just say, I think you need to continue speaking to somebody or do you want to continue speaking to somebody? Okay, we'll send a letter to the private cover and they'll be in touch with you, right? So like it was very well taken care of. I will say just at this point before I veer too much off course, if you work for a big company and you feel like you ever need this, check that such a thing might exist. Now, I worked for a very large company, a bank, right? But like they have this in place because they kind of have to. Right? These are the types of things that huge companies need to have. They need to have some kind of system for helping their employees because they kind of can't get away with it. Right, whether companies want to or don't want to, I'm sure many of them do. But you get to a certain kind of size as a company, and this is something that your human resources department needs to be able to facilitate for you. Like, so if you work for a large company and you are struggling with something, speak to your HR rep to see if, and just say to them, do we have any kind of psychology or counselling or therapy stuff that we can deal with, right? Or like you can refer me to. You never know. Um, or just check your employee handbook because that's where I found about, out about it. Um, also, there were posters up as well. So, you know, I, I knew that such a thing existed in my company. So basically, I decided that over these two situations that just my mental state wasn't good, right? Like I was just, I was depressed, you know. Um, I was struggling with getting my usual work done every day. Um, I was not wanting to do all of the normal things that you would normally want to do or could even can do in your life, like getting out of bed in the morning, right? Like it's always a struggle for me, Casey, because I'm not a morning person, but this is a diff- <laughs> this is a different kind of struggle, you know, like not a, I don't want to, but I, I can't, you know? Sure. Um, and one of the ways this manifested for me uh, the first time, which was the worst time, um, was I would get into the office and I couldn't work. I used to just, to just sit in a private office for eight hours and do nothing. Just used to just sit there because I couldn't bring Never. myself to get en- of anything of any use done. So I would just sit and I, I don't remember what I w- would actually do, but I knew it was nothing productive. Um, 
so I decided in this first instance to get some help and went through these sessions and it was really useful and they uh, recommended that I read a book about cognitive behavioral therapy just to try and go through some of the thinking. So really the, the reason that the, the, the lady that I was talking to wanted me to read this book was because it was in an attempt to try and show me that um, I can control my actions um, and that there are things that can happen to you that you can't necessarily control and that those two things kind of aren't one and the same. Uh, and it also kind of went through with me to try and help me understand how I can take steps to take matters back into my own hands where I can and where to let things go where I can't. If, if I, I hope that's what I'm remembering properly th from this book. I actually don't remember what the book was, um, but it wasn't anything, you know, super advanced you know it was effectively cognitive behavioral therapy for dummies right like <laughs> you know like it wasn't a, a, a big thing there was a funny thing for me where like um cognitive behavioral therapy is uh the acronym for it is cbt right mm -hmm. at that time when the second time when i was uh going when i was looking at um Sorry, when I was in the marketing job, my big campaign was for credit balance transfers, which were also <laughs> CBT. It was just pretty funny to me. Uh, yeah. Again, like I, I feel like I'm not really doing a good enough job of giving any kind of basic explanation of CBT, um, but it's like just quickly glancing at Wikipedia, obviously. Uh, CBT is problem-focused and action-oriented, meaning it's used to treat specific problems related to a diagnosed medical disorder and the therapist's role is to... So it's, it's the problem-focused and action-oriented stuff, which was, I think, the, of the use to me. I don't remember it exactly, um, but I know that I took things from it because I've gotten... It's, it's A lot of it is about the coping strategies that it goes through and kind of just how you can help... Uh, I'm looking at this Wikipedia page now and I can remember this. Like thoughts, beliefs, and attitudes, um, behaviors, and emotional regulation. Like these were the things that I was going through. Like things that I think, things that I believe, and my attitude towards that stuff. Um, and I'm. it's all coming back to me now, Casey. I'm getting hit in the face. <laughs> um, a lot of the stuff that I kind of went through with this and the reason that she was having me read this stuff uh, was in trying to help me understand that just because I think a thing is happening doesn't mean that thing is actually happening. Interesting. Okay. Right. So like trying to break out of my own interpretation of events and actually trying to ask people and talk to people and be more rational and logical in some of the things that I was thinking as opposed to what was actually happening. Um, it also helped me in trying to focus in, in again, like the, the, the being able to apply myself properly to effectively help me get me to where I wanted to be. But anyway, so I went through this on two instances. Um, and what I would do is I would just put a time in my diary as a meeting time, and I would go and speak to someone. And it was a it was a lady both times. It was a different person each time. And by the end of the sessions in both instances, I felt like 
I had made a lot of progress. I mean, I would meet with this person every week. So it was eight weeks, so it's two months each time uh, we would have these calls. Um, and they would be emotional in every sense of the word, right? Good and bad. Um, and on the second round of this, the second round of it made the most impact for me um, than the first. The first kind of got me out of where I needed to be and I was able to continue. But the first time, the f- honestly, and this is like it's, it is the joke that people tell, but the second round of the, the, the sessions that I had made me realize about my how my relationship with my mum made me think about things differently in my life. Hmm, like, fascinating. My mum is a warrior. She worries uh, about everything. Mm-hmm. And I had then the, the, the counselor had made me realize how my mum's ability to worry about things has rubbed off on me and has made me an over-warrior. Um, yeah. You know, and whether it's nature, nurture, whatever the reason is for that stuff. But like, you know, it was like, uh, I think when we went through it, I just started laughing because it was just like the, the most cliche, right? But yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the reason is is because, yeah, our parents do have a big impact on us, good and bad. So, yeah, this, I, I mean, my only real reason for talking about this is the whole reason the hashtag exists. Like, I'm not teaching you anything here. My my attempt in talking about this so openly to so many people is just a way for me to try and tell you that it's totally okay to seek help if you think you need it. Like If you're in a situation where you think that you need to speak to somebody, then reach out to somebody and do that. Like It can actually be refreshing and comforting to speak to somebody who's a professional because they can tell you why it's okay and can give you some ways to, to better react, to better cope, um, and to be able to move forward. So, yeah, that's kind of all I wanted to say. Um, on this, uh, that that's my story, um, and I know that like many different people react to things differently in their lives, and you know every now and then uh, I have bad days. I had a bad day last week. Um, I I had just a really rough set of circumstances, which led me to sitting on the sofa playing video games all day because it was all I could do. Like I just didn't have it in me that day to do anything more. Uh, it happens. This stuff can get to you, and it's totally you know it's. I, I the way that I'm phrase this like it's weird, but I hope you can understand what I mean. Like it's totally okay to feel this way. Like it's fine. This is what many of us are as humans. Like it's normal. But if you do feel this way, and if it's overcoming for you, speak to somebody. Um. I know many people that have gone through this stuff and everybody that I ever known that's, that's spoken to someone in this way personally has come out of it better. Um, there's no harm in trying. It, it, this stuff might not work for you, but at least you will have tried. Now, I know you have some thoughts on this, Casey, mm-hmm. but I want to take a break first. Yes, please. Also, to try and reset myself a little bit because I'm getting a little bit emotional over here. Today's show is brought to you by Pingdom. You can start monitoring your websites and service today at pingdom.com slash RelayFM. You'll get a 14-day free trial when you do. And if you enter the code analog at checkout, you'll get 30% 
off your first invoice. Pingdom is focused on making the web faster and more reliable for anyone and everyone who has a website. No matter what size of site you're looking after, it doesn't matter. Because Pingdom will be the first to know when your website's down. They can let you know and you can get it fixed. Websites go down all the time. Every month, Pingdom detects around 13 million outages because stuff breaks on the internet every single day. Because websites are so complicated now. We have so many different things that are happening, right? You can have your own website, which got your own hosting solution, but there's also a million different plugins going into it, and any of those can take some of the functionality down. So Pingdom also detects all of those independently as well. It's not just a simple, is my site up or down? It could be maybe my login or search functionality is broken. Well, Pingdom can also monitor all of these key interactions and can let you know about any of them. And how are they so good about this? Well, Pingdom has 70 global test servers that emulate visits to your site, checking its availability as often as every single minute. All you need to do is give Pingdom the URL that you wish to monitor and they they take care of the rest. When Pingdom detects an outage, you'll be immediately alerted so you can fix the error before the downtime affects you. You don't want to be caught out when someone wants to access your site, so you need Pingdom. Check it out today and you'll be first to know when your site is down. Go to pingdom.com slash relayfm and get a 14-day free trial and use the code analog at checkout to get a massive 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom for their support of this show and RelayFM. So my dad worked for IBM for effectively my entire childhood. I think when I was a newborn or toddler, he may have worked somewhere else. But as far back as I can remember, dad worked for IBM. IBM being a very large company, um, that afforded him and thus his family some perks. And one of those perks was access to, uh, I think they called it like an employee assistance program or something like that. But what that basically amounted to was what what you described, Mike. You can Mm -hmm. go in person or over the phone and you can talk to a counselor, and again, just like you, I don't know if it was a psychiatrist, psychologist, a psychologist, whatever, but you can, or your immediate family can go and talk to somebody. And I think, uh, coincidentally, I, uh, I, I and my family were also offered, or my family and I were also offered eight sessions. And you could do that like once a year or something like that, and it would be at no cost to us. It would just, you know, IBM would pay for it. And when I was graduating college, I had been dating a girl for, I think, a couple of years at this point, and... I think deep down for the last couple of months of our relationship, I knew that it was not working. And despite that, we had a very symbiotic relationship in that she, she would do things for me that I didn't want to do for myself. So for example, like cook dinner, which is a silly thing, but it's a thing. And I would do things for her that she didn't want to do for herself. And I don't know, like pick her up from class or I don't know, like help her, fix her computer or something, whatever. It doesn't really matter the particulars. But after college, I did not have a job lined up. I moved back home uh, from from Southwest Virginia to Connecticut. And if you don't know the United States, that's 400 miles away or something like that. My parents were living in Connecticut at the time. And I knew when when we graduated, we had decided we would stay together and kind of see what happened. And I quickly knew once I was out of the college bubble that this was not tenable and that we were not good for each other. But I had somehow convinced myself that that she would potentially harm herself if I broke up with her, which in retrospect was a truly terrible, ridiculous conclusion to come to and, and just an absurd, ridiculous, ridiculous conclusion to come to. But that's the conclusion I came to. And so uh, I talked to my parents about it, and I don't remember if I asked for it or if they recommended it. But one way or another, I ended up seeing a counselor 
for something like six or eight times, you know, similar story to you, Mike, except it happened to be in person, but I would go once a week for, you know, a month or two and we talked it over and I cannot recommend enough doing something like that. If just like Mike said, if you ever are in a position where you feel like you could use help and especially if it's something that, that your employer or your health plan or what have you offers at little to no cost to you. Because even if it did cost money to myself or my parents or what have you, the benefit I got from it is, is was, was tremendously valuable. And the counselor was able to convince me that I was being ridiculous and maybe even self-centered in thinking that I was like the be all end all to this girl and that she would be in a bad place if I broke up with her. And, and so she gave me the confidence I needed to, to end up ending the relationship, which is, which is what ended up happening. And, and that's a kind of silly thing in a lot of ways to need somebody to talk to about. No, it's not because at that point in your life, it's the most important thing and it's the biggest thing that's ever happened to you. Yeah, yeah, and you're right. And beyond that, um, a lot of people, when I talk to friends or family about seeing a counselor, they'll say something like, oh, I don't want to tell a stranger my problems. And to me, that's a feature, not a bug, because the stranger has no horse in this race. The stranger has no idea who you are, has no idea who your family is, and has doesn't no care preconceived either, notions. Really? And, like, and doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly right. And so, I mean, you may, you collective, you may feel differently and that's fine, but I completely agree with Mike that it was a tremendous bright spot in a very cloudy portion of my life. And though I've been lucky enough to not feel like I've needed it since, I can assure you that if I ever felt like I did need it, I would not hesitate for a moment to ask for help because it made what could have been a really terrible situation into into a situation that was as good it could as it could have possibly been. So if you, the listener, or you, Mike, or you, anyone, is ever in a position where you feel like you need a little boost, you know, you need somebody to kind of lift you up a little bit or help you through a problem or just to talk to. I mean, I, I, I guess both of us have implied that the only reason you would ever talk to somebody is if you can't handle something on your own. And I don't think that's the case at all. And I don't think that Mike does either. It's just that's what our particular examples happen to be. No, but, there are a lot of very, very valid reasons to see a, uh, to see a professional frequently. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I know many people that do that. And it mm-hmm. seems to be a, a very worthwhile thing for a lot of people. Like yep. th- that's just the only time that I have ever felt desired to do it was in those two instances. Um, outside of that, like I'm, I'm mostly pretty good. But not everyone is, and I'm not, and I'm not trying to say that you're implying that either. But you know, everyone has different needs mm-hmm. at different times. But uh, we can we've we've been droning on about this for a long time, so we can wrap it up. But suffice it to say, it's an important thing. Your mental health is is just as, if not more important, than your physical health. And it's something that I don't think a lot of people pay attention to. And, and, and I should, yeah. and you should, and we should. There are a lot of stigmas based around it. And I think it's mostly mm-hmm. because we don't understand a lot of it. Um, yeah. But from a, med- a medical level, I think there's still a lot more questions about mental health than non-mental health. Um, because our <laughs> brains are very, very complicated things that I don't really think that we fully understand yet. 
Uh, I do. Yep. I personally believe that there will come a time in the future, like where we will understand a lot of this stuff better and can help treat people better than we currently do, um, with less negatives, like and less, you know, less um, side effects than than a lot of the stuff can can do to people. Uh, but I think that that's you know that is a that is a future thing. But something mm. that we know that can help a lot of people is to speak to people about it um, rather than just get things treat, treated in some way. So, yeah, I, I, you know, I think that this is something that's incredibly complicated and it's different for everyone, but paying attention to your mental health, observing it and treating it the way that you believe it needs to be treated, whether that is taking a mental health day and watching movies, um, whether it's speaking to somebody uh, or whether it's confiding in a loved one, uh, whatever you do, I urge that you do it um, because it's important. Yep, completely agree. All right, should we relay a couple of feels? I think we've already been doing so, but yes, I think we should. <sighs> Gosh, this was just one of those things that like, popped into my head of like, oh, maybe we should talk about this. <laughs> oh, I agree, I agree. Brian wants to know, what favorite childhood movies do you still watch occasionally and how do they make you feel? Ooh, I really wish I'd looked further into the show notes when I looked at this a few hours ago because I am not prepared for this. Then I'm going to give you a couple of minutes. I'm going to give you okay. a couple of minutes. Okay. Uh, two of my big ones are Home Alone and Back to the Future 2. Um, I love these movies because I loved them as a kid. Like Back to the Future 2 is not the best Back to the Future movie. It might actually in some ways be the worst of all three Back to the Future movies, but the one scene... That one scene where Monty goes into the future and goes out into the hill, the future hill valley and everything that happens over the course of those five minutes when he's just seeing all of the future things, that is just like burned into my brain. I remember the first place I was when I saw that scene. It is burned into my brain. I will never forget it. And Home Alone, I just freaking love Home Alone. Like Home Alone is such a good movie. It's so much fun. Um, I watch that movie basically every holiday season. That's like the definitive one of the definitive holiday movies for me. Home Alone. Um, so yeah, they're they're two of my favorite childhood movies that I still would watch now. You know, I'm sure that there were many movies. There were many movies I loved as a kid, but I've, there's not many of them that I would still watch today and frequently. And I do watch them frequently. So there's several movies from my adult life that I watch often. Um, but from my childhood, there's only a couple that I can think of off the top of my head. And I'm sure after we're done recording, I'll think of like 13 others, but off, off the top of my head, the most obvious answer is the claymation Christmas special, which I believe I made you watch for, for this very show at some point or another. Yep. You sure did. <laughs> You're welcome. Mm -hmm. Uh, I watch that at least once, if not a few times every Christmas, um, it is a claymation a Christmas special. I mean, I guess there's no other real description you need. And I don't remember what episode it was that I um, that, that I made Mike watch it. If, if we remember, we'll put it in the show notes, but I'm sure you can search for it. Uh, that's an obvious one. Another one that's from when I was younger um, that I still watch semi-frequently is Hunt for October. Uh, the Hunt for October is one of my favorite movies of all time. I don't know why in a lot of ways it's really a kind of terrible movie because not a lot happens on screen. There's like one woman in it for like 10 minutes. It's just in so many ways, it's a terrible movie, but I freaking love that movie. And I first watched it. 
I don't know, when I was like eight or 10 or something like that. And I still watch it at least a couple times a year, if not more so. Um, from my adult life, very quickly while I'm thinking of it, uh, I love The Rundown, which is with The Rock and um, Stifler from American Pie. What is it? Sean William Scott. Um, it's a stupid movie that I love. Uh, Collateral with Tom Cruise. Uh, I really, really, and Jamie Foxx, I really love. And I'll, I'll watch each of those at least once a year. And um, shoot, I just had one on, my, on the tip of my tongue. Oh, A Heat by Michael Mann, who also did Collateral, coincidentally. I've gotten into that one a lot more recently and I've found myself watching that a couple times a year lately as well. I know that's not childhood, but I don't know. Still ones that I watch a lot. I'm going to put a link in the show notes to two Mike of the movies. One is home alone. Um, one is back to the future Two, And then the holiday episode, um, that we did of analog, which includes the discussion uh, of a claymation Christmas which is not in the mic of the movies feed. Um, that's just, you just have to just live with that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to do for you. I don't, it probably doesn't have chapters in it either because it was in like December 2016, but who knows? Maybe it does, but it's going to be in there. You can find it. You probably don't need that for a while though, I'm going to assume. <laughs> you probably, you probably got to say that. Holidays are coming up quick. Paul has a question for you, Casey. Mm-hmm. After listening to episode 104 of Analog, Casey, do you still have a desire to make educational video content? Oh, is this like the the code thing that I did a few months back? Is that what mm-hmm. he's thinking of, I suppose? Yeah, you know, just a day or two ago, I was thinking about that again. And I very, 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 very much want to. Um, there are a billion excuses. I mean, reasons really excuses why I haven't done another one yet. I actually did record one. I think I told Mike this. I actually recorded one and it was like half an hour long or something like that. And it turned out that, and it must've been a user error. I got to assume it's user error, but it turned out that I recorded like a 100 by 100 pixel corner of my screen. So I did this entire screencast for half an hour only to realize that I'd recorded almost none of it uh, for, for the movie uh, that, that was emitted and I was devastated. Um, I want to so very much, but the problem is I haven't found something to say no to in order to find time to do that. But I very, very much want to get back into it. And at some point, I'll find something to say no to so I can do that. But I feel like pretty much every waking moment that I'm not at work, I'm spending time with my family. And I'd rather do that than spend half an hour recording something, not to mention the half an hour to a couple of hours it takes um, in order to prep for it, not to mention the, you know, two to 300 hours I should take post-processing it and editing it. But I very much would like to, I very much want to do a movie or a screencast or what have you about RX Swift. I'd love to do it. I just haven't found the time. Straight up when you're used to podcasting video is tough. It's because yeah, it's so much, much so. longer. It's it's just so much more work and more time. Like, it's significantly more time. Um, it's, yeah, it's tricky. Tricky stuff. Well, and also, don't forget that I'm a diva, and I just show up, talk into a tube, and then walk away. It's always either you or Marco that's doing the edits. And well, so for me, this is the first time I've ever really had to think about editing something, and that comes with a whole new set of problems that I'm not used to having. 
You 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 do more than that though. You do the listen through and stuff like that. Well, okay, for this show, yes. But you know what I mean? Like it's still it's still considerably easier than what you do. Yeah, that's true. I guess. I guess. It's not <laughs> it's not the hard work. You just you just you just type in some things in and listen in. Easy. Basically. Easy peasy. Maybe I should do that. Mm-hmm. That sounds like that sounds way nicer. <laughs> All right. It's time for Firefly. Yes, please. Let me take a moment to thank Linode for supporting this week's episode. They have fast and powerful hosting options that you can get set up in seconds. Linode's tools are easy to understand and let you choose your resources in Linux distro, giving you the power and flexibility that you need. And Linode plans now start at just $5 a month for a Linux server with one gigabyte of RAM in the Linode cloud. Industry-leading performance with native SSD storage, access to a 200 gig the gigabit network, Intel E5 processors, all of this is available with Linode. 200 gigabit network. This is a new thing for them, by the way. Um, Linode's stuff, they have the fastest processors in the cloud market. They have all of the high-end stuff that you're going to need to make your server run like a dream. They have nine data centers spread across the world, meaning that you can serve your customers super quickly. They have an API that allows you to easily automate tasks or develop custom applications in the cloud. There's super simple scaling, allowing you to resize your servers in just a couple of clicks. And it's all manageable via the command line as well, if that's your bag. All of Linode's pricing tiers feature hourly billing of a monthly cap on all plans and add-on services like backups and node balances as well. Linode has fantastic pricing options available across the board. I mentioned that you can get a one gigabyte of RAM server for just $5 a month, but you can go all the way up to 16 gigabytes of RAM for just $60 a month. Across the board, Linode offer twice the amount of RAM that you'll get elsewhere. As a listener of this show, if you sign up at linode.com slash analog, you'll not only be supporting this show, but you'll also get $20 towards any Linode plan. And with a seven-day money-back guarantee, there's nothing to lose. So go right now to linode.com slash analog, learn more, sign up, and take advantage of that $20 credit or use the promo code ANALOG2017 at checkout. Thank you so much to Linode for their support of this show. All right, it is that time where I need to get my other notebook and flick through my pages. (laughs) Okay, so Firefly episode 11, Trash. Mm -hmm. Trash is the name of the episode. It's a good episode. Okay. It was surprising. Um, it was it was a surprise to have um, Saffron return. I was not expecting to see Mrs. Reynolds again. <laughs> that was yes, indeed. That was unexpected, but good because she's a great character. Um, mm-hmm. It's interesting to me that like she was brought back in seri- season one, right? Like it feels like she would have been a character they definitely would have brought back in season two. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. people yeah, would yeah, have yeah. responded well to her and they would have brought her back. So I like that she comes back again. Um, the episode starts with a flashback, right, which we flash forward to in the end, and it's like it's not as bad as it seems. Um, but it was good. It was fun for me to see Mal having a friend that he was, like, genuinely excited to talk to. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. That guy, I didn't catch his name. Yeah, I forget his name as well. But, yeah, they, then he's like, oh, you're married. Wow, this is such a big surprise. And then he's married to Bridget, who is Saffron, who is Mrs. Reynolds. So we've you know we see more of her just kind of going around and getting what she wants by uh enticing gullible men 
right like that's Indeed. kind of the, the way she does things and she is able she is as, as dastardly as anybody else if not more so and this is just one of the tools in her tool belt um but it turns out that she has this big scheme right she has this big plan uh this big ploy to what is it steal a laser gun Something. Yeah, so it was apparently the very first laser gun. So it's like stealing the original iPhone, if you will. So this is the very first laser gun of which there were only like two, I think they said, in existence anymore or something like that. So it's significant for historical reasons because it's like the original Wright Brothers plane, you know, where there's only one of them. And I forget where it is now, actually. But anyways, it's imagine stealing that, except obviously physically much smaller, because all of, of powered aviation came from that one plane, while all of their current firearms came from this gun. There's also a parallel story to this. So, you know, one story is this scheme and the fact that Saffron is back and can we trust it, can we not? The other is um, another story between Inara and Mal, where Inara has like a... She she calls Mal into her quarters and she's trying to like initially have a conversation with him about the fact that um, she isn't getting any clients because of the places they're going to because they're going to these like far off lands and that there are some places that they could go to where they could stay under the radar from the Fed from the Feds from the is they called the Federation. Is the it? Alliance. The Alliance, that's it, the Alliance. But they do call them the Feds, though, too. It's very confusing I for me. believe that's right. Um, so they um, they could, you know, they could stay away, but she could still actually find some, some desirable clients. Um, and then it kind of, it all goes a bit pear-shaped, and uh, she refers to him as just like a petty thief, right? And, and mm-hmm. kind of seems to instantly regret doing that because she knows it would upset yep. him so much. He calls yep. her the W word, which follow yes. up we were so wrong about uh, basically so wrong. in every single episode uh, Mal uses that word That's to describe true. her That's it's very true. frequently though it like, is it is more than I thought which I thought never yeah. and and to be fair he doesn't actually call her that he says uh, and I, I apologize if you have to bleep this but I, he says I stay out of your and you stay out of my thieving and so that's not that like I literally I had said he never called her the five letter word He's not calling her the five letter word. He's just describing her. No, it's it's the choice it's of that. business. No, it's that. It's that case. You don't try give me something. To come on. No, because I think on. that he the, we were told many times about the, the in many places where he did actually true. refer that's to true. her as such. Um, mm-hmm. Which, by the way, this whole exchange to, to kind of tangent a little. This whole exchange was tremendous. And, you know, he, he, she's she's trying to treat him with dignity and respect, and he's coming in and saying, you know, okay, what's up? And she sa- and she says, oh, why don't you have a seat? And then he sits down, and she says, would you like some tea? And then immediately stands up, okay, what's your game? <laughs> and then later on, you're using your feminine wiles on me, which relates very deeply to Saffron, actually. Um, and it's just that whole exchange cracked me up. And there's one of the things that she says to him about um, the wobbly-headed doll caper, which is... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, this, this you know, like a not-seen-in-the-show adventure that they've been on to get this precious cargo, which was just wobbly-headed dolls, you know, like bobbleheads. Mm-hmm. But the, the the reason I like this is because when, uh, just a few minutes later, Mao was trying to convince everybody to, to go along with Saffron's plan... He says about like this isn't just some like 
wobbly-headed doll caper. This is serious work. This isn't petty thievery. Like, he is... You can see that she has gotten to him, right? Like, Mm -hmm. Inara has gotten to him, and he is now, like, thinking about these phrases over and over again because he knows that she's right, right? And he also, obviously, doesn't want to be, like... um, thought of badly in her eyes right because they love each other um Mm -hmm. so he's now going along with this plan maybe because of this but what we don't know at this point which comes out later in the episode is like there was a double cross going on the whole time right Right, and that, well, there were multiple double crosses, right? Because yeah, so many. Saffron is is inevitably going to double cross Mal, which obviously everyone knew. But well, I shouldn't say that. It's obvious in retrospect that that's what was going to happen. But you don't really know during the course of the episode. Yeah, I wasn't that's convinced. I figured that she, they might just work together in part ways because it was in everyone's best interest. Right. Exactly. But and then, as it turns out, uh, spoiler alert! Uh, at the end of the episode, we figure out that Mal pretty much set all this up with the expectation that she would inevitably double cross him, and thus he he was prepared for it the entire time. Yeah, having Anara there um, mm-hmm. with a gun and what is she <laughs> traps Saffron into like some garbage container well, because, thing. Well, we'll we'll get to that. It, it makes perfect sense, but we'll get to that in a minute. I wanted to talk briefly about um the exchange between Jane and Simon and River. Yeah. Uh I believe this was in their quarters um or maybe it was in the infirmary. I forget where it was. No, it was but, in their quarters. Okay. One. So so Jane says, "Well, I wouldn't know about that bounty on their heads." And um river just out of nowhere says she's a liar and no good will come of her referring to saffron to which jane says well girl folk can't be trusted and then river fires back immediately well jane is a girl's name and of course in jane's style he's prepared to show her that he's not a woman uh like genetically speaking or or, uh, genitalia speaking and then (laughs) simon just says so nonchalantly no so nonchalantly I'm thinking of a way for you to be cruder. It's not coming. <laughs> but the, aside from that being a hilarious scene, the key we get from this, though, is that I forget how it's explained, but it's clear that River has like read Jane's mind or has somehow, if not, pieced together that he was prepared to sell them out. Well, I mean, there's this, there's this, there's a good line, right? River says, she's a liar and no good will come of her. Mm hmm. And it's like she means both Saffron and Jane. Yeah. In that moment. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's really nicely played. Like River knows what Jane did. This this is obvious. She knows, right? And how this is gonna manifest itself, we'll find out because River is changing. Right? Like that's all we know. We don't know to what extent, mm-hmm. but whatever her and Simon are working on together medically is changing her in some way. Yep. I, um, I, I think that, you know, the whole plan stuff was good. Everybody, they all worked together. They come up with a pretty good plan. Um, I guess the big twist is that Saffron was married to this guy. Was his name Duran? 
Something um, like that. Yeah. Basically the mark that they're stealing from, she was married to him apparently like six years before yeah. she was referred to at the time as Yolanda earlier in the episode. She was called Bridget. We know her as Saffron. So later on, Mal calls her Yosaf bridge, which I think is hysterical. I didn't catch that. <laughs> yeah. I think it was when Duran or whatever his name is eventually comes in and, and or when it becomes contentious between him and Saffron, uh, Mal says something like, Yo, Safbridge, we have to go, or something like that. I forget how it exactly went down, but it was very, very funny. But um, he is clearly madly in love with her. She apparently just disappeared at one point or another uh, six years prior. He says to her, that's the thought of that kept me alive, the thought of you coming back or whatever it was. Ugh, gross. Yeah, but he <laughs> um, was playing her. Well, yes, as it turns out, he had already called the feds, the the alliance, and was waiting for them to show up. So, yeah, it was double crosses all the way down. And then there's also, like, you know, it seems like like Saffron kind of cares about this guy, and then it's it's kind of Mm -hmm. unsure, right, because she has that exchange with Mal, and she seems to be upset, but then says, you know, then she's basically stole his gun, and she's like, oh, none of that meant anything, and he's like, yeah, whatever. Right, like, you know, uh, and uh, one of Mal says, "I've seen you without your clothes on. I never thought I'd see you naked." Oh, such a good line! But it's only a setup to making him have the. She calls him like the most gullible fool I've ever marked, and then makes him take his clothes off <laughs> just for fun. Still a good line, though. Still, good yeah, it's, line. it is a good yeah. line. It's a good line. I mean, it's a little cheesy, but it's a good line. Um, also, as well, Jane has been electrocuted whilst they were trying to undertake their plan, which um, led to, like, I think the biggest moment in this episode, right? When Simon knows what Jane did, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, So, like, River has, I think, probably told Simon at this point what's happened, um, and he paralyzes Jane. And, like, there's this... Was he? Was there really a spinal injury? Like, what is happening here? Because at first, it sounds like he's threatening Jane, because he's like, mm, "I'm mm-hmm. your medic. There might be another time you have to come in here and be on this table." And then he's kind of, but then he's like, "But I would never harm you because I'm the medic. Like, right. no matter whatever you've done." And it's like, which which one of these is true? Like, because it was like he seemed really <laughs> menacing, and then not so much. And, but then he's like, I'm trusting you. Uh, and then, but then River just pops in and she's just like, but I can kill you with my brain. <laughs> also, I can kill you with my brain. And yeah. who knows if that's true? Like, it very well could be true. I think it might be oh, true. It's so good. So good. Yeah, this is a fun episode. I wasn't sure if you were going to like having Saffron come back. Like, I, I thought you would, but I, I wouldn't have faulted you if you were like, ugh. We're just pulling that card back out again. No, she's she was a really good character because she's Mal's match, right? Like in this situation, right? Like she mm, is, she is mm. a match for him. She is as dastardly. She has as many cunning schemes, right? But just yeah, in yeah. this mm. instance, she double crossed him and he double crossed her, but she wasn't expecting he would be smart enough to double cross her, right? Like that that's kind of just the way it ended up working out. Because there was a double double cross, I think because she maybe had thought that she had everyone who was at play taken care of. She didn't really consider Anara in this. Yeah, yeah. I think that was where she ended up missing yeah. out. But 
Yep. Uh, I thought this was a, a good episode. I mean, I think all of them are good, but I thought mm-hmm. this one was good. The one problem I had with this episode in particular is that the fight scenes seemed extremely cheesy to me. And obviously, like, it's a TV show. They they probably didn't spend the time on it that they would, like, a feature-length film or whatever. I don't know. It's just something about the fight scenes felt... Like great. which? Uh, like when they were escaping from Duran's like lair or whatever, and they were fighting off the Alliance people. I don't know. Just something about it just seemed kind of cheesy and simple. No, I prefer that to over violent. Oh, sure. Sure. I would agree with you there, but I don't know. Like, mm, I see. I can't talk about why I think this, but suffice it to say this felt particularly cheesy to me. Like look at the matrix as an, as a, as a counter example, the matrix. And it's not a fair comparison, right? Because that's a feature length film, kind of the point of the movie to some degree, which had like one of the largest budgets of all time. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. But like the matrix, especially the first one is like, you know, fight scenes perfected. And this was like the ham fisted TV, low budget equivalent, thereof you know it just i don't know something about it just took me a little bit out of the episode but all in all i really liked it um and also real-time follow-up to go back to the relay your feels from before i saw serenity which is the the firefly movie not too long after i graduated college which is still probably not childhood but i watched serenity at least a couple times a year as well and serenity again is the movie based on the tv show kind of the 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 finale if you will of the tv show which we said we are going to do for this show right that's the end of this okay that's what i thought i just want to make sure before i like committed us to it or anything but uh i'm looking forward this was a good episode but like i don't really feel like there's a lot to talk about um yeah i would agree you know it was a good one but i don't think anything really monumental happened like it was just Mm -hmm. small advancements to things we've seen before um, there wasn't a big new character because the big character in this episode we'd already seen before, right? So we didn't really need to do any establishment. Um, and there wasn't anything like in the previous episode where there were these huge, like, character-changing things, like massive, massive moments uh, sure. based upon the characters that we already love and care about, right? So, yeah, it was um, it was a good episode. Uh, it didn't have anything in it that was egregious by my tastes. And... Uh, but it also didn't have any like the thing that I really really love, which is the, the like the big monumental like oh this is what this means types type of thing. I I will say again like I wondered if it was going to be one episode where it was like this, but like the um the swearing in uh, I think it's Mandarin right it's, it's getting mm-hmm. overbearing at this point. Like oh you think so? It is they're using it way more and more and more like and. I don't know. I mean, I just don't think that they sound convincing in the way that they're pronouncing the words, and I just don't think that it's needed to be used so much because my frustration with it is when they're using multiple words, like almost sentences. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is pointless, right? Like, you may as well have a fake language, right? Because that's what you're using it for. You're using it with the presumption that the people watching the show don't understand it, right? That's why you're using it. Otherwise, you won't be able to say the words because I'm assuming that they're real words, right? They get around the censorship by yeah, exactly, exactly. Right? So you know, but but I just I don't understand why you need to do in, like entire sentences or whatever. Um, it just seems like a bit a bit much for me in places. Yeah, that's fair. I've found a website. I'm sure there's several at this point, but I found a website years ago that actually has translations of everything they say in all these episodes, and I'm sure you can look it up. And most of them are very crude. Yeah, I'm not going to look for the show notes in case I spoil anything. Fair enough. 
Well, we got three left. We've got The Message next, which is episode wow. 12, and then uh, two after that in the movie. So I was just looking at it, and it looks like if all goes according to plan, and assuming we don't have any like weird cancellations or guest episodes or anything, the first episode we record in December should be Serenity, and at that point we will be done with uh, Firefly Viewing Club. We do have a, an idea, and I have tentatively approved it for what well, for if we're going to continue doing any kind of watch along so mm-hmm. watch this space i guess indeed all right well enjoy your trip to the united states my friend thank you i uh i am looking forward to hearing how it goes i'll already be there by the time people hear this oh, it's like we're living in the future